Welcome to Faith, Love, and Therapy, a podcast to encourage and inspire. I'm your host, Jamie Johnson, a therapist working in the field of mental health for the last 10 plus years. I believe this podcast is God-led and God-inspired. I thank you for joining me as we peel back the layers of mental health from a faith perspective. I hope to connect with you all on social media. You can look for me on Facebook and Instagram at Faith, Love, and Therapy Podcast. You can also send me an email at faithlovetherapy uh, at gmail.com and connect with me that way. And hopefully I hear from you soon. Look forward to connecting with you on social media. So in episode 33, we started talking about attachment and attachment theory and how there are four types of attachment and really starting to look at certain characteristics in those um, certain in, in those different types of attachment styles so that we can start to analyze um, and understand the purpose of analyzing is strictly information. We want information so that we know why we do what we do. And when we know why we, we do what we do, then we can start to address it from a better place rather than just living that way, this living in that um, insecure attachment style. So if you remember from last um, episode, there are four attachment styles. The first one, anxious, preoccupied. The second was avoidant, dismissive. The third is disorganized, fearful, avoidant. And then the fourth is secure where we would all like to be. Um, and it's not impossible for us to get there. So this episode, I want to talk about kind of really the main three ways that I would um, suggest um, and other professionals suggest as well. Not the only three, but just three that I think are incredibly important for us to really begin to um, heal the attachment style. Let's understand it first. So typically our attachment style, not typically, our attachment style develops in childhood. So depending on how um, our experience in childhood have influenced how we attach and we carry that particular attachment throughout our adulthood. That is not a space to blame our parents or, or um, those who raised us or the experiences that we had, but that's a place of knowledge. You need to know that experiences have influenced how we currently act and behave today. Um, but there is the possibility, there is the ability to break free of like particular cycles of attachment. And one of them, like the main first way with, is a lot of what we talk about here is really making sense of our past, making sense of the pain. A good predictor of a child's uh, security level is not what happened to the parents or happened to the children from their parents, it's really how their parent made sense of what happened in childhood. So let me, let me help you with that. If a, if a child was bullied, right? And the parent necessar wasn't necessarily um, encouraging or didn't necessarily help that child to re to realize that they're not the cause of being bullied or didn't advocate for them some that will affect how that particular child uh, attaches to individuals in the future so it's not necessarily what happened it's how the child understood what happened so if the child thinks oh that was my fault because you know I was being annoying or you know I I'm not, I'm fat. So that's why I was bullied. Okay. If the parent didn't help them to resolve, well, no, you were bullied because that individual, um, I, you know, I'm going to be a nice parent, I think, uh, <laughs> I think, but I'd probably say, you know, you were bullied because that child has issues of their own that they 
have not dealt with or they probably have a lot of pain that they haven't dealt with. You're not the problem. And children don't necessarily hear that um, that way when they're growing up. They hear solutions, what, what parents feel might be solutions or a lot of, um, depending on the generation, a lot of like ignore that, it's nothing, it doesn't matter. That doesn't translate well to a child's mind. That translates to you don't matter. Don't, don't worry about that particular issue, which translates to, okay, this is not important to anybody else but me. I'm not important. See how the snowball starts to hit when something is just not addressed in a way that helps a child to resolve it. So understanding that our pain, um, a lot of the experiences in childhood is not the main predictor. It's really the narrative with which we review that pain. So in order for us to repair our attachment, um, the ability to you know, develop a more inner security as adults, to feel more secure as adults is to have a narrative that is healthy and coherent, a narrative that is not blaming, a narrative that is not um, lacking uh, support or love, but a narrative, when I say a narrative, we talked about that before, kind of the dialogue in our head, what we are saying about a particular situation. So simply asking certain kinds of like autobiographical questions, are, I don't ever say that word right, autobiographical questions, um, it helps people to discover and make sense of their past. And so many times in therapy, people are like, oh, I don't want to relive the past. So you're asking me all these questions. Yes. Yes. A big part of therapy is being asked a lot of probing questions to help one see the mindset, but then help the client, the, um, yeah, the client to, to create a narrative that is healthier so that they're not stuck in the past, but they're able to move into the present. And that happens with conversation and dialogue and questions that help an individual to see things from a different perspective. Oftentimes, we're unable to move beyond a certain situation because our lens, we have not, things have not been illuminated. And so we are still looking from a lens that is dark, a lens that is unclear. And when things are illuminated, then we can move beyond that particular situation and see it for what it really what it really was, and you know we think about trauma that has occurred. Trauma is is major pain, right? Um, being able to understand or have a narrative of that trauma, you know, we'll take uh, let's take sexual trauma. There's a big part of that sexual trauma that you know there's a lot of blame, there's a lot of shame, there is a lot of like hiding. There's a lot of embarrassment. There's a lot of uh, self-deprecating thoughts. There's a lot that's there, but being able to work with a work with someone who can help you to process that particular trauma uh, in a way to help expose one, the truth, because there are many individuals who have been sexually uh, abused that will never use that terminology. And part of their process is just being able to say, yes, I was sexually assaulted. Sometimes it takes months and years for a client to say, I was sexually assaulted versus, um, you know, something happened to me or something, they touched me and I didn't like it. But when they describe it, it's more than a touch, you know? So part of it, part of that process is really getting an individual to be able to expose what occurred and then shift the narrative. So pain is being able to have a healthy narrative about the pain is part of the process. Um, our minds are shaped by the memories of the past. Our mind is shaped by the memories of the past. So if we are able to really work through those memories and get to a place where there is a coherent narrative 
that is healthier, that we can see and it is clear what has occurred, then we can begin to start making process progress and moving beyond that place. Um, the second step, when we, when we think about having attachment styles that are not um, secure, really, and I mentioned it in the last episode, having a partner, choosing a partner that has a healthier attachment style than you can really, really um, be an approach to help create a more secure attachment in an adult. Um, when you get involved with someone who has a healthier attachment style than your own um, and you remain in that relationship long term, when we begin to develop a secure attachment to someone who has a healthy attachment pattern, we can develop more inner security because we are actively experiencing a new model for how relationships can work. So I want you to think about relationships where you may have seen someone that is more clingy or you've seen someone who is more, uh, or you, you know, been seeing someone that is always, you know, fearing abandonment. When you operate from a secure place, you allow that person to see what that looks like to see what a secure attachment, where you are confident in relationship, where you are not worried about being alone, when they're able to see that, that helps the individual that has a more anxious or even avoidant um, attachment. The, the, one of the barriers that I've seen is that the individual with the secure, insecure attachment oftentimes struggles to allow that person to kind of be the teacher because then you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to say, this is how I feel. I feel I'm, I'm afraid of being abandoned. I'm afraid that you, I'm more invested in this relationship that you are, than you are. I'm afraid that, you know, I love you, but you don't actually love me. I'm afraid that, you know, one day you're going to decide that I'm not good enough because you are so much better than I am. When you're, when you are able to start being vulnerable about the fear, then some things can change. But oftentimes we see individuals struggling so much to, to communicate that, to communicate what really the, the barrier is. And, and so the individual that has a secure attachment is like, I don't know what's up. You know, I don't know how to help. I don't know if they wanna be in this relationship, but you know, I wanna do what's best for us. There's a more secure approach. There's a more honest and authentic approach. So being aware, one, of your attachment style is important. Two, connecting with someone that you realize has a more secure attachment style than yours helps you because they become a model for that particular behavior. But you have to be in a place, listen to me, you have to be in a place that you are willing to receive that support and love, that you are willing to be vulnerable with that individual because a lot of times people are going into relationship and harming the other person because they are so afraid, because they are so fearful and they're reacting in a way that creates trauma now for this person who was more secure. And what happens when you get into relationship and you start affecting the secure individual, their relationship style potentially can change they can now feel less secure, more anxious. So, you know, awareness is half the battle. I say that in sessions with a lot of clients. Awareness is half the battle. If you don't know what, what is happening, why you're doing what you're doing, if you're not seeing the, the narrative, if you are not seeing it, you are going to manifest things. You are going to do it. You are going to act it out. Your behavior is going to show out and you are not going to be addressing anything or applying any coping skills that will help you to shift into a more healthy, secure way. So attachment, knowing your attachment style is incredibly important so that you can, you know, be in relationship. And I don't want to just limit this to romantic relationships, although this is where primarily it hits the, 
home for most. But think about even when you are at work. Attachment style will affect how you interact with your employer. Attachment style will affect how you interact with the people that if you are, if you are um, a supervisor and your employees underneath you, the you know, employees that you know, are part of the team, you have to see how your attachment style will impact every type of relationship you have, not just the romantic relationship. So some people with a anxious attachment in the place of, you know, if they are in the place or position of authority, they have a hard time remaining in a position of authority because they're always thinking that their people don't necessarily respect them or that, you know, they don't, they're not doing it right. Or they're make, you know, they will in a way, I don't want to say dumb themselves down, but it, to a certain degree, they will, they will talk about themselves in a way like, well, you know, I, I don't know, just, you know, y'all do what y'all do. They will not stand in that position that they have been hired for because they're so anxious about how they present to these individuals. So please be clear that this attachment style can bleed into other areas and other relationships. And please take note of how that is happening in your life. Okay. I wanted to put a pin in that really quick. The third thing, which is what I always encourage us to do is go to therapy y'all. And I say that because you want to work this out when you realize, if you realize that there is a insecure attachment style, one of the three that is keeping you in a pattern of relationship that you no longer want to be in. When you realize that you are engaging in a relationship in a way that is causing more harm than it is good. When you realize that you feel ready to have something better and greater, when you are ready to have jobs and and interact with people socially in a way that is healthier, then there is, there is a call to action. There is a, there is a need to then take a step beyond just knowing and going to therapy is the opportunity to sit with someone who understands attachment better, possibly better than you do and help you to now go through that narrative and have a healthier perspective and, and get a healthier narrative so that it is coherent and you are able to see things from a different direction. You are able to see things from a different lens. You are able to now address the anxiety. You're now able to address the fear of abandonment. You know, you're able to talk through that and then couples therapy, you know, many times individuals will go to individual therapy and they're doing the work and then they go into their relationship and they're like, well, it's not working well because that person is not used to your change. So you all have to come together to be able to now work through those things together. So, Therapy is the third and like, it's not the biggie. It's the biggie. I ain't gonna lie. Please, please allow yourself the opportunity to have good relationship. Relationship is where God develops us. We have to, we cannot minimize the power and importance of relationship. That is where God makes changes in us, where he allows us to see things, where he allows us to do a work, where he allows us to be a blessing and to be blessed. It is within the relationships that are in our lives that so many things happen. Um, he did not, you know, the word of God says it is, it was not good that man should be alone. And that's why he created Eve. And so that he was not alone, but, but to acknowledge that he did not want us to do life by ourselves and, and the greatest attack on Christian, I think the world, but you know, we're talking specifically the enemy gets into relationships of all kind to wreak havoc, 
havoc and to bring destruction. He does not desire the closeness, the unity that comes from healthy relationship. He does not desire us to be in relationship with one another in a healthy, secure way. Because when we do, the things that we can accomplish, the things that we can do when we are in a place of secure relationship is beyond our imagination. I believe that with my whole heart. When we think about the things that, you know, where the word, God, word of God says that we will be able to do greater things, greater than what was done, what the, what, what the Holy Spirit was able to do, what, the, what Lord Jesus was able to do when he was walking the earth, that we can do greater things. But the enemy has got us so tangled up to the place that we don't think that we have the ability. We don't think that we are valuable. We don't, we cannot connect with one another in a healthy way. We have difficulty communicating with one another so that it will destroy destinies. And sometimes we get in here and we talk about the therapeutic piece of things, but we have to understand the depth of why going through therapy, getting a new narrative, getting a healthier narrative, learning to cope, learning to be in relationship is about being able to do what God has called us to do. Because all of the things that gets in the way, all of the things that deters us, derails us, keeps us from better are the things that we need to work through internally. They, it's the inner man, it's the warring on the inside that we need to really work through in order to be able to get to a greater place. So I'm encouraging, if you're not going to go to therapy, really start to do the, the self-work and do the reading and do the journaling and do the studying and do the praying, do the things. But when you get to a place where there's a plateau, be willing to say, I need a little extra. I need a little extra to move beyond this particular place because the pain that we've had in our lives, it doesn't just disappear. It is showing up somewhere in our life. I promise you that. I promise you that. I heard it said uh, just the other morning that oftentimes the places that we get stuck are the places that we will not allow God to lead in. I think it was Dr. Darius Daniels. The place, and when, when you think about relationship, and I'm going to end on this, um, I'll talk more about it next episode. I realized my struggle with relationship happened years ago. My struggle with relationship. And when I heard him say that, when I heard Dr. Darius Daniels say, realizing that the place that you have greatest difficulty moving beyond or progressing in or healing in is a place that you, have, you will not allow God to lead. And I remember a time or a season where I decided, um, I felt so, I, I, I felt left in that particular area of relationship. Like I didn't have the guidance. I didn't have, I didn't, nothing was happening. And I've talked about this before, but I took, I took the lead in the relationship piece and messed things up. And so I stepped out of the place of allowing God to lead in that area. And so that has been an area that now in this season of life, I see him really trying to get me to understand and to heal and to move beyond and have greater relationship because there's so many things um, that have occurred. And I won't say, you know, in childhood I had some things happen, but I, I, my divorce definitely affected my ability to attach and to connect. And so I noticed a shift. And so being able to bring that, um, to the Lord and be able to say, I need you to lead me in this area because this area is my Achilles heel. And this is where I truly want to heal. So I think it's important for us to be able to take these steps and really begin to make some movement in the area of relationship. Cause there's so much power that 
that is being held back because we're not willing to allow God to lead in this area. So re-listen to this episode so you remember the, the things that we need to kind of take accountability for and begin to work through. I pray that you have your journals. You can always get a faith, love, and therapy journal on amazon.com. It's a simple journal, just something you can write in and keep your thoughts in um, for now. And I think it's important to process all of this that we talk about. And hopefully you are going to begin to take some steps to really begin this healing journey. So I thank you for joining me on another episode of Faith, Love, and Therapy, where I am healing and I'm taking some folks with me. I'll see y'all next time.